right, so Dave just lived out my greatest fear right there in front of everybody. That was beautiful. That's why I depend on the song leader so much because, and then they pull a trick like that, you know, and now Dave's not going to sing out loud for, you know, six months. <laughs> like, I'll come in on the third word. <laughs> That's when I'll be coming in. Oh, man. Uh, so just a couple of things just to keep every, uh, uh, everybody updated on like the important things that are happening in our world today. Um, in 101 days, the Red Cups will be coming out at Starbucks. Uh, so just so you know, if you're keeping track of that, okay, that's like for me, uh, my, um, and, and if you don't know me, you're going, this is the stupidest guy in the world. I don't really think that's the most important thing. I just think it's in the top three of most important things. So it makes me feel like Christmas is almost here. And, I, and I've already watched my first Christmas special of the year. So Flintstones Christmas, it's good. It'll, it'll put you in a good mood, I'm just saying. And it's, uh, God doesn't say anything bad about that. Okay, it's, uh, uh, okay, let's bring our minds back down, okay? Let's be holy. <laughs> Stop that laughing and noise making, okay? Let's pray. God, thanks for bringing us here. God, we uh, are grateful that you are a, a, a king, but a perfect king. Uh, and a loving, not just loving, God, you are love, and uh, you do embrace us, and you uh, desire us to be close to you, draw us close to you, God, and uh, I pray that you help us get out of our own ways, God, and uh, man, I do so much to mess that up, and uh, in my mind, and my thoughts, and all these things, and God, you're the same every day, and your word is the same, and the message I keep hearing in your word is that you keep calling us closer to you, uh, that the best place to be in the world is near you. Uh, is the peace the most peaceful place to be is next to you God and uh, we want to learn how to do that and we don't want to just do it the way our culture teaches us because that's weird uh, God we want to really know how you do it because uh, that's where uh, we get to be uh, really the most faithful versions of ourselves here on earth God and that's not weird uh, God that really is something that will draw others to be close to you as well God we love you we pray in Jesus name Amen. Uh, you can turn in your Bible to Revelation 2. Um, so I have my, Colleen has named my board, the Board of Discipline. And it alarmed me at first because I was like, I don't remember doing that. But she was just like, but that's just what I think. And, and when I see the board is there must have been some kind of discipline uh, going on. I, I, I can't remember that, but we're going to play win, lose, or draw today. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Just kidding. Um, so we, I do like to use this board, not to, um, so when I, I use this at home because I have to like work my stuff out, you know, do you ever, like, if you don't do this, I would encourage you to like in some way, shape or form, like be able to get your thoughts and everything in some kind of form that you can get it organized and that you can kind of work things out and you may go, that is so stupid that you would do that. And that's okay. You can, uh, yeah, Juliana's like, that's the dumbest thing in the world, okay? <laughs> Use an Excel spreadsheet, okay, is, is whatever. And, and I know this is like the, this is what they always tell preachers, don't do this. Like, don't work your junk out in front of the church. But here's the thing is, is this is like where I have to do it, okay? So a lot of the things that I come up, you, you may go, boy, this is, is he talking to me? And I'm telling you, I'm talking to me, and this helps me to go through and when I'm sharing things, because I do have junk, and, and, and I know you guys are very graceful to me back, and, and, and we're all big boys and big girls here that can handle these kind of things, and so we're going to look in Revelation 2, because I want you to work your junk out too, 
Okay, I mean, we all need that. I've noticed, particularly the past couple of weeks, just having a hard couple of weeks in the section we're about to talk about, okay, in Revelation 2. And I've, it's one of those things where, do you ever have those times when everything that happens is just like a complete battle to like turn it faithfully and to turn it into something that isn't like a punishment from God? Like right. when I grew up, I grew up learning that God he just wants you to mess up because he, what he loves to do is punish people. Okay, I, I grew up thinking that I would, and, and you guys know, most of you guys know my mom. Uh, you know, she's awesome. I mean, she's great. We grew up, my, my mom didn't become a Christian until she was in her late 50s. And uh, so I, as I was growing up, uh, the church and the denomination, we kind of had attended church Really, she used that to like emotionally manipulate me to do chores. Like, you didn't take the garbage out. You know, God is disappointed in you. (laughs) And I remember thinking, and then when I took the garbage out, she would go, you'll be rewarded in heaven. (laughs) And I was like, sweet. So that's what I learned was this idea of of God really doesn't like you. um, So don't mess up. But if you take the garbage out, he's a little happier with you. Okay. And that was my theology. And I think that's a lot of our theology. You know, we kind of think God loves us but doesn't like us very much. He's waiting for us to mess up, you know, and, and all these things. And, and so I get, my mind gets into that place um, to where everything that happens, it goes through this lens of like, Keith, you did something so wrong and God now is punishing you for it. That's why this happened this way. That's why, you know, you didn't get that part. It goes to spot like, that's why you didn't get that parking space right there. That's why you didn't get this thing. It's because God is like, he's sifting you, right? And he's punishing you. And then everything about me gets critical and bitter and like faithless, you know? And, and, and then thankfully, there's brothers and sisters around and my wife around that are like, dude, you need to like get your faith goggles back on, man, and start seeing things. And have you ever been in that place? And it's so hard to do that, though, isn't it? Like to all of a sudden to, to shift and go, okay, now I'm going to look at it faithfully. Okay, and so this section right here, I actually was looking uh, because we're not like in this, in this period of time right now in the church where we're doing any kind of like series to go through and like that. It's kind of like this, you know, we're just each week like picking something. And I was like actively looking for something that would have nothing to do with what I have an issue with. (laughs) Okay. And it's funny how that is because it's everywhere in the Bible. Okay. And, and so anyway, uh, this is where we landed. What I would love for somebody to do and read this uh, nice and loud, if you can, in Revelation 2, I'd love for somebody to read um, verse uh, 1 through... um, through three. So if somebody wants to do that, read Revelation 2, verse 1 through 3. Read it loud enough for everybody. Write to the angel of the church in Ephesus, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven gold lampstands, says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And you have found them to be liars. You also possess endurance and have tolerated many things because of my name and have not grown weary. 
Okay. Hey, you want to know what? That's a great church, though, isn't it? And I know a lot of you guys have read it, and you're like, okay, no, 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 you're not going to fool me with that one. I know what the next verses are, and you're going to, like, hold your heart back right now. And I'm just saying, like, just relax for a second, okay? And, and that description of the church right there, what did you notice that you would go, that's a great church, like the church in Ephesus. What, what are the words that stuck out, stuck out to you that you would go, they, that's really good for a church to be known for? Okay, there's like perseverance. Okay, so you are overcoming like hardship. Okay, so you have this perseverance there. What else did you, Landon? You, you haven't, and, and it's that idea of you, boy, you are persevering, and instead of just in your weariness kind of losing faith, it's like you haven't grown. This is, these are great things. What, what else stands out to you? Yeah. You're a hard worker, you know? I mean, man, you are getting it done, and I don't mean just hard work at wherever they were working, but you are a hard worker spiritually. You're a hard worker. They've stood for holiness. They've, God's boundary lines, they've stayed in those boundary lines. They've protected that. It's not just like you can do whatever you want to. Yeah. They've stood against things that were not right. Right. There's this defense even of the, of the holiness and even this doctrinal purity. Even if somebody were to come in, they were to go, hold on a minute. That's not what God taught us. That's not, we're going to do things the way God wants them done, okay? So these are all, you could go anywhere and you would go, hey, if, if this is what could be said about the church you're attending, you would go, man, that church is phenomenal, okay? And, and then now you know, um, and, and I want us to keep that in mind because I think what's very important is we learn what matters to God and not what matters to men. That's, that, this is helpful to me here is because we, we oftentimes figure, we, we like figure things out based on what sounds right to men. Like that, that's healthy if you have these things, okay, except really what comes next. So Jacob, go ahead and read the rest of that down to verse 6. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Yeah. So he's saying, man, the things you do, the, the purity, the holiness, the hard work, the perseverance, you haven't grown weary. Okay, he, he says, this is happening, but I will remove you from being a church, a, a, a called out people, an assembly of mine for one thing that's not happening, that's stopped happening. Okay, and he says, what, that you forsaken in your NIV version, it says you've forsaken your first love, like in the Greek, that, that. I, let me broaden it out for you. In the Greek, like when you read the Greek New Testament, it says you've lost the love you had at first. I, I think sometimes we think you've, you've forsaken your first love, and we go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've forsaken God, and he's supposed to be my first love, and all these kind of things, and it means that. But he, he's saying at first, there was a love that you had. Yeah. All right, there, there was a love that, that happened, and if that doesn't change... This could be written about 
gatherings of disciples, churches of disciples. This could be written, the Christians in Ephesus. And he would say, but, but you could do these things. You can, you can hear the word of God every day. You can get together in family groups. You can get together in a group of three. You can go to Bible talk. You can go and have coffee and meet together and help each other grow. These things can happen. And isn't it stunning that he says, here's the thing, and this is what's so hard and I feel like has been such like this weight of, wow, hold on a minute. All of these things, if there isn't love for who? I mean, if it isn't, certainly he's saying like, love for God, but what else? What was the love, do you think, that he's talking about? The love you had at first. What do you think that includes? Yeah. I, I think of even just here learning about God, learning what is the truth, and, and it blowing your mind, but you being in love mm. with what you learn about him and his son, and it, and it would lead, in my mind, to things like testing what people say when it mentions that, that that's good, that they test things and don't that because there's a standard that is the truth and you love it and so you're eager to look for what's true and hold to that but I think of when the love starts to fade but you adopted that practice now you just test everything and you're critical and you're skeptical mm-hmm. and, you, and sometimes it's more about I know more and I'm going to show you like it, it it's like that yeah. thing that made it so great and prompted you to yeah. be the way you were dies yeah. and what's left is just yeah it's it, it something that happens, and, and here's the thing is, is, is if we can't look at like in the mirror at ourselves, okay, I mean, then this is really kind of a moot point because this is so simple, all right, right here, and looking at it, and hasn't it, have you ever noticed this before, and I certainly notice in me, is that there's almost like a spiritual act of worship to being critical. I want yeah. you to think about that for a second. Yeah. I want you to think there's like a spiritual act of worship of like figuring out when I figured out what your problem is or if I figured out something to be critical about, then it's almost like, man, I've done something spiritual. Like I can critique something. I can think something should be done better. I can be an armchair. I can do these things and almost feel like, man, I've, I've done something spiritual here. And like what Abby's saying is, he's, he's, is this word you have love. And, and, and really, without that, what do our deeds become? Like, what happens with how we do things? What happens to those things? It's just, yeah, it's, it's either you're checking a box or you're doing it really begrudgingly. Like you're doing it because you know you're supposed to, but right. you aren't invested in the deeds anymore. Right, this word right here, I have to. Do you mean I have to go and share my faith? You mean, oh gosh, you mean I have to go to family group tonight and, and, and eat good food with people that I love? You mean I have to? What a drag that is. Don't, please don't let it go past seven o'clock at night. All right? You mean I have to do that? Okay. You mean I have to? You know, I, what, what was really great is somebody was telling me somebody's group went and played like laser tag or something the other day. I'm like, man, that's pretty awesome, you know? I mean, you know, and you're like, Oh, man, I've got to go play laser tag. I mean, I have, is God going to be angry if I don't go? You know, and, and, and we get this kind of have to mentality. What happens with our perseverance and our doctrinal purity when there's no love? 
man, it, it's like I can argue with pretty much anybody about doctrine, you know, and sometimes that can become our badge of honor. Like, man, you want to sit down and study the Bible together? I will show you what it says. And we become like this, this apologetically driven group of people. All right. Is he saying don't do any of these things, by the way? Like, like, like sometimes we go, I'm just going to love. And what that means is, is you know, NFL's coming up on Sunday. You know, love just means me not doing all that kind of stuff and just relaxing. That's what Keith is saying. No, he's saying here's the thing is, is how you work, your labor, your perseverance, the idea that you're able to sit down and like walk through the Bible with people and, let, and go, hold on a minute, here's some doctrinal things. He's like, no, 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 keep doing these things. But it's this idea of what you've forsaken now, here's what can trip us up, though. He says, go do what you did at first. Yeah. That, that will trip us up here because almost every, you know what? One of the things that many of us in here, we became Christians because we could do stuff really well. <laughs> For real. Like, it's like, go and do this, go and do this, go and do this. And it's like, you get like built up for doing things. All right. And it's that idea of going, hold on a minute. And then when I read a scripture and it says, go do what you did at first, the thing that comes into mind is, you know what I did at first, man? I knocked on every door in my neighborhood, and I went over, and I did all this, and I did all that. And all of those things are fine, except it's not the context of Revelation 2. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't do those things, but I'm saying that we can get tripped up and get into doing mode instead of going, hold on a minute. He's saying that the love I had at first is gone. He's saying the way, like the message I'm hearing to me is like, hold on, Keith. At, the, at first, the love you had is what propelled you into fellowship and into, into sharing your faith and into, into discussing the Bible and serving and, and all these things. And, and that's what must be repented of. Okay, because what ends up happening when, when that doesn't, and this, do you ever feel this way? I mean, do you personally ever feel this way where, where sometimes in the church, we can become like cats. I want you to stick with this illustration, okay? First of all, I hate cats. First of all, that doesn't mean I hate it when we're cats necessarily, but, but the thing about it is, is cats are different than dogs. All right? I know my dog loves me. And we have this cat in our neighborhood. We call him the white wizard. Because he just, he's a white cat and he just roams the neighborhood, okay? And it's like the cat will pay attention to you if you have something it wants. But he does not want you to think he likes you at all. Like I have no use. Like I'll walk into a room, I'll walk by you and completely ignore you. Okay? And that's the thing here, you know, is sometimes we can get into a place where we get like cats. Like like we can just kind of walk through and it's like, the, the, to me, that's one of the things that he's talking about here is, is there's no way the world will know your disciples if you are that way, okay? Is, is, it's funny when he talks about love and forsaking love is love is an expression. Like love has to be expressed, okay? So like Jacob was like, he told Anna Claire he loved her on their wedding day. He hadn't said it since. And he told her, he's like, listen, if it changes, I'll let you know. Okay. But that once was enough, right? No, it's not. It's this idea of love is expressed. All right. And that's what we're called to here. Love is expressed. 
John 13, 34 says what? Famous. A new command I give you, which is? As I have loved you, love one another, and all men will know you're my disciples. And here's the thing is, is how will all men know if there's not some kind of expression of love? Like verbally, emotionally, you know, if it's like just cats like passing each other all the time, the world can't possibly know. So my question is, and again, I'm sharing this with me, but I'm sharing this with you too, is, 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 is how's that gone for you? Like, like we're stopping right here because that's all we're being asked to do is how is your expression of love going? Really thinking through, like, okay, man, um, is, is it more about, like, when I get into this kind of funk, it's more about, like, why aren't people expressing love to me? Yeah. All right? And that's really a negative way to get where God wants us to go. We're not going to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah, when you were, when I was thinking about this stuff about at first, I think about somebody who, like, becomes a Christian and, like, all their bandwidth is, like, about God. It's like, wow, this is totally new and it's very exciting. And everything they do is driven by that. All the, all their actions are the kind of the fruit of this kind of all their bandwidth being taken up by God. And I think that there's I, it, it is, I can, I can relate to the, the idea of pulling my heart back from God to do all these things. To take up all my bandwidth with the intellectual stuff. And the things that take hard work. But I pulled my heart back from God to do that. And I feel like that's one of the things that I'm realizing right now. Even what, why, why does God allow us to go through trials and suffering? So we'll give, because he wants our whole heart. I mean, I know, I'm, I'm realizing, like, met this, like, studying for board exams, it's like putting me out on this ledge, and I'm terrified, and I feel these things. And I feel like God's trying to get my whole heart back. That that's what he wants. It's not... God could really care less whether I pass a board exam or not. He yeah. wants my heart. and Because without that, all the other stuff is just, mm -hmm. just intellectual. It's just right. work. Right. So. This, what should challenge us, this is what like sticks in my mind, is that Jesus has drawn a line in the sand right here. Where he's like, y'all can get worked up over all these other things. Okay. And, and, and we do. We, humanistically, we try to develop everything. We develop so much like structure to figure all of this out. And, and this right here is almost like it's okay if we look at it every once in a while. Does that make sense? Because we're afraid, we're like, but what if all of this isn't perfect? Like what we're doing, how we're doing it, where it's going, what's happening, like all of these things. How, if, my, if the family group leader didn't do that perfect thing and this person didn't do that perfect thing and we get all wrapped up, but it's like this doesn't ever get to be the what's expected of all of us. And this is really hard because it calls for emotional courage. Yeah. Right? It calls for emotional maturity of really being able to express that we love each other, really being able to express that we love being with each other. And, and the early church, it wasn't that, oh, they just excluded the world. It's like, no, come. And the world saw that. Amen. Okay? And so it's this idea of the one thing that we leave here with today is like, wow, how am I? Galatians 5 says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. Amen. 
The only thing that matters is that. And, and, and again, it's one of those things where we can get so caught up in everything else. And I want you to ask, man, do my brothers and sisters, do people in my life, and, and raise the bar a little higher because in John 13, Jesus said, you love one another. Um, he, early, you know, at some other point in his ministry, he said, well, no, if you don't love your enemies, okay? Um, and Matthew 25, he, Jesus actually says, I'll know how you love me by how I see you treating other people. Like, that's the sheep and the goats. That's the story. Like, Jesus said, however you treat other people is how you would treat me if I was in that disguise, so to speak, okay? So this is what he's really talking about is the idea of when we forsake our love, then it becomes mechanical, like you do the things. Like campus students, you're in groups of three, and they become mechanical. Like, oh, I know what we need to do, but there's no, like, depth of love, and empathy and being able to like really talk through and walk with through these things. So that's the question for us is, is will we do this? Will we take this with us? Will this change? And, you know, it, again, this isn't even what we're being called to right here, but it's one of those things where, you know, when you go to somebody's house, when you're seeing people in public, when you're doing it, is there an expression of like love somehow? Right? Is, is there, would anybody know? Or is it more like you know what your brothers and sisters' problems are, and that's what really we kind of talk about as a, as a spiritual act of worship? You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. This is really, to me, this is what like landed is Jesus drew the line in the sand. And he's like, here's what I won't mess around with at all. Right. Is this idea of, of my people coming together and not having the love for people and for God. He's like, I won't stand for that.